Second reading comes from 1 Samuel chapter 10, starting at verse 1. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance? When you leave me today, you'll meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelzah on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, The donkeys you set out to look for have been found. And now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He is asking, What shall I do about my son? Then you will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. And they will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, timbrels, pipes and harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds you to do, for God is with you. Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, but you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart and all these signs were fulfilled that day. When he and his servant arrived at Gibeah, a procession of prophets met with him. The Spirit of God came powerfully upon him and he joined in their prophesying. When all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, What is this that has happened? Is Saul also among the prophets? A man who lived there answered, And who is their father? So it became a saying, Is Saul also among the prophets? After Saul stopped prophesying, he went to the high place. Now Saul's uncle asked him and his servant, Where have you been? Looking for the donkeys, he said. But when he saw they were not to be found, we went to Samuel. Saul's uncle said, Tell me what Samuel said to you. Saul replied, He assured us that the donkeys had been found, but he did not tell his uncle what Samuel had said about the kingship. Ah, well, welcome back. It's great to, um, to be here to share with you. For anyone that doesn't know me or, as Rick said at 8 o'clock, doesn't remember, I'm Bob Pickworth. Um, I, I think I recognise most people even through the masks and the new haircuts. Um, what rules you? What informs you? What do you make your decisions based upon? What results in your behaviour? What words do you listen to? We're having a look at the uh, passage this morning and the word of God is the focus. Words are important. Solomon tells us that the power of life and death is in words. So the passage today is significant because it's about the prophetic word of God. Um, you might hear sayings that people uh, uh, reiterate 
and sometimes they're a bit confusing. We don't actually know too much about what they mean, but basically the prophetic word of God, prophecy, information about God. So the prophetic word of God is the word of God about God, by God, but through people. And those people were the prophets and Samuel was one of those prophets, people that were chosen by God, didn't have much choice in the matter. They were called and they responded. Uh, so they tell the truth about God. And Samuel's job was to lead God's people, the Israelites, the um, children of Israel. Uh, if we could have the second slide, thanks, Christian. Um, so how is Saul, as the new anointed king, going to lead God's people? Well, he's going to lead by God's word. And that word's going to come to him from Samuel. Samuel's going to be the uh, vessel by which Saul is going to hear God's word. Saul was anointed king, didn't have a choice in the matter. Samuel didn't come up and say, would you like to be king? He just said, you are the king. He anointed him the king and he gave him instructions about that. Um, when prophecy happens, we know it happens because what was going to happen we were told was going to happen and because it happens that's confirmation that it has happened. Now before Jesus in the Old Testament we, we had those prophets and their role was to instruct, direct, hand down the laws, show people how to worship Yahweh, the one true God. Through Jesus we now have his spirit that fulfills that same role and function for us. So this passage of scripture commences with Samuel declaring that Saul's going to be king and the word of God is going to be unfolded and its authority about God is going to be expressed through Samuel to him. And Samuel says to Saul, after he anoints him, pours oil on his head, he says, uh, you're going to meet two men. Uh, they'll tell you not to worry about the donkeys because they've been found. Uh, then you'll go to Tabor and there you're going to meet three men uh, who are on their way to worship at Bethel. They'll have three goats, three loaves of bread and a wineskin. They'll greet you and they'll offer you two of the loaves of bread. Then you'll go to Gibeah and you'll meet the prophets who will be coming down from worshipping and uh, you will also prophesy with them. The power of God will come upon you powerfully and you'll be changed into a different person, a new man. You'll be given a new heart. And that's what happens. And verse 9 tells us all these signs were fulfilled on the day. So we see the authority of God's word. What Samuel said was going to happen did happen. And he didn't just tell him one thing was going to happen or two things were going to happen. He told him three things were going to happen. So he couldn't have been confused that this was, in fact, God's will that was being unfolded uh, before him. 
if we could have the next slide, please, Christian. So the, the next significant thing for us to uh, recognise that even though Saul was appointed the new king of Israel, he was the king of God's people, not the king of Saul's people. Now, we find it a bit hard to understand what kingship is all about because we live in a democracy and we choose our leaders and usually they don't last for too long, maybe three years, maybe six years, maybe nine years and then that, that's probably the term of their uh, leadership. Some, sometimes it's a lot less than that. In fact, one of our prime ministers, I think, only uh, was prime minister for a week. Um, I did a bit of research for uh, a history lesson some years ago about who, who were our longest and shortest uh, leaders. Um, anyway, won't go there. Uh, but, it, but it's quite interesting when, when we think of kingship, we find it hard to put that in a perspective. Whereas in, in uh, Old Testament times, people had a king and that demonstrated to them that they were a people. And as we knew that the people of Israel wanted a king like the other nations. And God said to Samuel, well, we'll give them a king. However, in doing that, God wasn't handing over authority, wasn't abdicating authority to Saul. He wasn't, he wasn't saying to Samuel, make king the Saul and Saul will take over and they will, have a, they will have a king that will lead them, rule them, guide them, direct them, tell them what to do. He said, no, no, no. I am still the leader of my people, but it will be through you to Saul. So the children of Israel still had God as their, inverted commas, king, the one true king, Yahweh. And God makes it very clear that it's not going to be Saul's people, that it's still his people. In Deuteronomy, uh, we read that God's people are his cherished possession and we as God's people are his cherished possession. Uh, saw Dave just carrying out your little baby. Uh, what's more cherished than the possession of your family and that's how God wants to view our relationship with him. Uh, so if you could have the next slide please. Um, so we need to understand that it was not Saul's authority that was being uh, unfolded. It was the authority of God, God's word, the prophetic word of God was the authority. Saul's job was to listen to that, to implement it, and so to lead God's people uh, by God's word. Saul's influence, his power and his authority was founded on and anchored in God's word and Samuel was the prophet chosen to pass that on to him so that he would know to do that. It's interesting that Saul didn't have a lot of choice in the matter. If you read the last verse of uh, chapter 9, uh, Samuel saying to Saul, stay here. Send, send your, um, your servant on, uh, and I've got a message for you from God. Not, oh, would you like to hear what I've got to tell you? He was commanding that that's what would happen. Now, that must have been pretty overwhelming for Saul because what we know of Saul was he was a pretty ordinary kind of bloke. 
Uh, sure, he came from a, a fairly wealthy family, but he was from the tribe of Benjamin, wasn't from the tribe of Judah. He wasn't someone that would have been uh, versed and raised up to um, make, make uh, worship of God and acknowledgement of God central to all that he did. Uh, he probably wasn't overly enthusiastic in um, following or keeping the law. And so the people were quite amazed when they saw Saul's heart changed and he started prophesying, whoa, isn't this Kish's son? And, and his prophesying. But someone in the town brought them back to reality and a man said, but who's his father? Meaning Samuel, who was God's prophet, was the one who was informing Saul. So it was kind of a message to the people that Saul, even though he's the king, he's the king under the, the rulership, leadership, authority of God through Samuel, who was his prophet. When his heart was changed, when he became a new man, when he started prophesying, when the spirit of God came upon him and came upon him powerfully, Samuel gave him some interesting uh, advice, guidance. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Now, if someone said to me, um, you know, you can do whatever you like, I'd be, I wouldn't know what to do. But that wasn't what Samuel was saying to Saul. He wasn't saying, now you're the king, you know, you've got riches, power, authority, you can do whatever you like. He wasn't saying that at all. What he was saying, the spirit of God will lead you and direct you. His heart and his mind was kindled with a new fire. Saul hadn't felt this before. He's a new man. He had a new vision, a new direction. Uh, he wasn't seeking for his donkeys now. They were right out of the scene. He wasn't concerned about them at all. Um, what his concern was doing what God wanted him to do, which was to fight the Philistines, readdress the grievances of the past, making laws, administering justice, looking after the people. So do whatever you want to do, translates to um, make God's priority your number one priority. Um, If, if, if I received a prophetic word of God and the way I would most likely receive a prophetic word from God is by reading the Bible and God speaking to me through his word because that's the way that most of us receive uh, God's word uh, or, or through other trusted Christian people whose um, life we know is founded in the word. If, if someone said to me, um, uh, you, you can do whatever you like and have whatever you like, what, what would you like? In the same way that God said to Solomon, um, because you made a wide choice in asking for wisdom to lead the people, uh, I'm going to give you more than that. I think I would say to God, look, I don't trust my own decisions. I'm too stupid to know what I really want. You give me what I need so that what I want is what you want me to have. So that was the do whatever you want to do type mindset. Okay, so where does the rubber hit the road for us? 
okay? So we know that God rules his people by his word, and he proved that by the prophecies coming to pass. And we prove that we are God's people by doing God's will. And what does God want us to do? He wants us to trust him. He wants us to obey him. He wants us to read his word and dwell upon his word. Um, so there, there are a couple of points for us to, to focus on through this. Um, we, don't, we don't need the prophets now. We've got Jesus. Jesus died and his spirit is within us to direct us and lead us. I'm sure you've had this experience. You're reading your Bible. And it might be something you've read many times, such as this passage. I've read this heaps of times. But there are things that just stuck out to me after having... That's, that's God touching our hearts for us to receive revelation, to receive information. And that's the way that God speaks to his people, through, through his word. Um, could we have the next slide up, please? Okay, Martin Luther said something very profound. Uh, if we want to find out about God, we need to go where we find out about God, and that's his word, the Bible. And my encouragement to you is to do that. Uh, we find out about God by reading about God in his word, by talking about God with each other, Bible studies um, and, and before and after services and on a boat if you're out fishing, uh, and to share it with other people. A disciple can't be silent. Uh, if we're silent, it means that God's word hasn't impacted us as it should have impacted us. So my encouragement to you is to be people of the word, founded in the word, and reading the word. I'll pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. May your Holy Spirit lead us to understand your word more completely so that we can grow more like Jesus and so we will become the people that you want us to become. Amen.